0: I get to wrap up our covenant series and I'm pretty excited about that if you haven't been able to uh, benefit from the prior messages on covenant I encourage you you can go back listen to those online on our YouTube channel Um, man covenant is a powerful thing we've been learning so much about the character and nature of our God a God who's willing to make promises and to keep them a God who initiates relationship with us who comes after us doesn't just like, well, I wonder if they'll seek me. Man, he's the one who left the 99 and came after or comes after the one. And, and that's what covenant is. It's him saying, I care about you so much. I can't live without creating a set of parameters wherein we can have a relationship. And man, it, it was happening through thousands of years, through, through beginning with Eden and, and Adam and Eve and all of that. We talked about Noah. We looked at the life of Abraham. We looked at Moses. We looked at, at uh, David. But ultimately... I like to think we saved the best for last. But in this case, I'm not talking about delivery. I'm not talking about style. I'm not talking about who the teacher is. I believe that Pastor Dan, Pastor Janelle, Pastor Rob, all of our teachers would agree. I think all of us would agree. The new covenant is truly God saving the best for last. Amen? The new covenant, God saved the best for last. When we were talking about this in our teaching team uh, meeting, oh, and if you can start that clock. woohoo! I got three extra free minutes. Yes. Yes. Um, Sorry guys Uh, The the Lord is favoring (laughs) Uh, When we were talking with our teaching team And we do this on Tuesday mornings And talking about the new covenant And starting to bring out so many incredible things That the new covenant does That all of the other covenants were not able to do Come on, somebody. And we were getting excited and we were like, oh my goodness. And Dan came up with, with, all I can think of is it's just better. But I can think of the commercial, I can't believe it's not butter. And we're like, yeah, but maybe in this case it actually is butter. You know, if you're like the French cook that's like, ah, butter, there's a secret for everything in life. You know, maybe God, the new covenant, if that helps you remember it, I can't believe it's not butter. Well, guess what? The new covenant is the butter. It is the blessing. It is the favor of God. It's the game-changing covenant. Man, it changes everything. And I just uh, am looking forward to looking at this together. Uh, And I want to say this before we we look at uh, two different aspects of the new covenant. It's all about God's grace. It's all from start to finish. God's grace. I'm sure you've heard this little saying, a definition of grace, more of an acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense. You guys heard that? God's riches of love, of mercy, of power, of favor, of strength in our life. God's riches at Christ's expense. And I believe that as we look at the new covenant, you're just going to be able to see more and more, we're all going to be able to see uh, that love, that grace that God has toward us. And, and I wanted to start by looking uh, at um, a, a few of the ways in which God's covenant was a game changer in the things that he does for us in this covenant. The new covenant, how many of you guys would agree God does a bunch of cool stuff for us. Jesus gives to us a bunch of really, really cool things in the new covenant that weren't possible before the new covenant. And so it's kind of like a bill of rights, right? More blessing than we ever thought possible. Talk about this, for example. What about a better messenger? In chapter one of hebrews which is by the way the the book par excellence of the bible that talks about the new covenant and compares it to all the other covenants and the theme of hebrews is better so pastor dan was very very close but you're a man of wisdom pastor dan i can't believe it's not butter but it's better because it's a better messenger it says man in days of old god spoke to us through the prophets and through messengers but in these last days come on somebody in these last days he sent his son jesus if you ever wonder How much you matter to God, if you ever wonder how important he thinks you are, think about that for a moment. Maybe some of you need to go back and read chapter 1 and realize, wow, God thinks I'm that important, that he sent Jesus, the darling of heaven. He had sent messengers, he had delegated it, he had sent ways of communicating, but in these last days of the new covenant, man, he saved the best for last, and he saved, he sent Jesus as our messenger. What about this? A better salvation. Chapter 2 talks about, man, what shall we do if we ignore such a great salvation? The new covenant goes far beyond anything that had ever been done for us through God before. Man, I'm telling you what, God cares about your body. Man, there's healing in the new covenant. God cares about the peace in our mind, right? There's, There's renewed mind. There's just a a, a miraculous thing he does. God cares about our spirit. He's able to make us whole. There's such a a full and complete salvation. There's a better family in chapter two. We learn that Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers, that he's our sibling, and that God is our father. So talk about some good news there, right? We're part of a better family than we ever dreamed possible. What about this in chapter three? Excuse me, wrong. Chapter two, four, five, and seven, we learn that we have a better representative in heaven. Ever ever wish somebody were praying for you, you know? Maybe, maybe your grandma's no longer with us or whatever, and you're like, man, I, I, I miss that. I miss, you know, those prayers. Well, I'm here to tell you some good news. In the New Covenant, we learn in those chapters that Jesus is our high priest, that he is interceding for us to the Father, that he sees where you're at, and he knows what you're going through, and he's like, Father, it's hard raising a son. You know, God, give Taylor grace, Man, just pour your strength and your joy. Give her creativity. Give her ways to engage him. God, it's tough being unemployed. God, give my son or my daughter, God, just grace, miraculous provision. God, it's hard working through a marriage. God, give just understanding and supernatural insight into how different we are, but yet how we can find your love. Whatever it is that you need, I'm here to tell you, That we have a better high priest, a better advocate, a better lawyer, defense attorney working in the court of heaven on our behalf. Maybe some of us need to go back and read chapters 2, 4, 5, 7. Learn about Jesus, the great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He wasn't born of the Levitical tribe that all the other priests came from. He was born, come on, God changed it all up. God's like, I'm just changing it. You're going to be a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Nobody's ever heard of him. We don't know who his descendants were, whatever. He just shows up out of nowhere. Abraham, hi. Oh, sure. Give me a tenth of all your stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Jesus is like, it's a new covenant. It's a game-changing covenant. I'm God. I write the rules. I have a chance to do whatever I want to bless you. And that's what God is doing there. What about this? A better rest. Maybe some of you are tired. Anybody tired? Whew, what, a, what a year it's been, you know? What a, what a season we find ourselves in. With, with politics going nuts, with, with COVID going around, with, with just chaos, you know, and, and just stuff that's tiring, right? Running a business, it's hard, Tyrone. The, the weight on our shoulders of, of providing for others, the, 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 just life can get, anybody, can life sometimes get heavy a little bit or maybe a lot? And chapter four tells us that there remains a rest for the people of God. There remains then a rest for the people of God, the God who created the Sabbath, who invented relaxation, who invented hanging out around the table and enjoying one another's family, who invented laughter, who invented times of refreshing from the Lord. Maybe some of you need to go back and preach yourselves a message from chapter four where he's inviting us, hey, God is bidding us enter into that rest as he entered into his rest. Man, God, I just pray, God, for your people right now. Man, if there's somebody here specifically weary, specifically tired, God, I pray that the words of Matthew Matthew 11 that Jesus spoke, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God, I pray if there's somebody right here that needs that right now, that they would just sense right now, wouldn't even wait till the end of the service, wouldn't even wait till they can journal about it later, whatever, God, right now, woo. Right now, Jesus, just let them feel like somebody just stuck a pillow behind their seat right there. Just, just pull the blanket right on top. Of it. Just, just, they're just able to rest and be refreshed as only you can breathe. You're refreshing. Take our heavy burden oh, that we can just lift our shoulders and walk in your peace. God, thank you, God, for doing that today. in Jesus' name. and it's a bummer I don't have a handheld mic in here or like a keyboardist because some of this stuff about the new covenant almost makes you want to preach. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, oh, there is. Oh, thank you, Pat. So weird. It's, it's almost like we planned this. I, it's just so weird. Isn't that weird, right? What is your name? I need to know. What you, oh, Willie. Willie. God bless you, Willie. Thank you for good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the need as I look at what God has done for us. Is it okay if we just take a parenthesis in here and just preach for a second? About the new covenant. I'm telling you what, chapter five, God talks to us about food. Maybe some of you are like, I feel anemic. I feel like I need a steak. I feel like I've been drinking of the milk of the word for a little bit too long, and I'm hungry for some protein. I'm hungry for God to rock my world with some spiritual food. I'm telling you what, you go to chapter five, you read it, God saying, Come into my pantry. <laughs> Woo! Come into my pantry. Guys, the new covenant will make you want to preach. What about this? Some of you are saying, I need a better hope. I'm tired of just living like I'm appeasing God for one more week through one more sacrifice, hoping he doesn't get angry at me. And God is saying, there's a better hope. Man, I'm telling you what, in the new covenant. Woo! I'm telling you what, is it okay to have fun in God's house? I'm telling you what, we have something to celebrate, guys. There's a new hope that we are completely cleansed. What about this? Woo! There's a good one here, right here. Ho 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 ho. a better place of worship, chapter eight. Maybe some of you need to go and read chapter eight because you're saying, Man, I feel disconnected from the Lord. I feel like you know, it's the river's dry, and I long for that encounter with Jesus. I long for that place where I run to him, where I fall at his feet, where I just love on him, where I just pour out my praise. And in in chapter eight, Jesus is, is telling us that there's a tabernacle in heaven, not built by human hands. Jesus talked about it with the woman at the well in John chapter 4 when they were arguing about where do you worship this, that, what, I'm looking, I'm not finding what I'm looking for. Maybe that was where the U2 lyrics came from, you know, I still can't find what I'm looking for. But anyway, Jesus said, you know, what there's a day coming when neither here nor there shall we worship, for God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Thank you for Pastor Dan. Woo! Thank you. Wow! I can't believe this stuff. What about this? Thank you guys for letting me have some fun. I'll tell you what. I literally was on a walk, talking through these things. Thank God it's done in the new covenant, guys, and it does make you want to preach. It's not some stupid. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be showy up here. It 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 will when you when God gives you insight into how much He loves you, and into all that He's done. So that we could have friendship and relationship. What about a better blood for a better cleansing? Man, there were sacrifices brought, blood of bulls and goats. And God said, in this new covenant, mm, 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 there's a better blood. Oh man, there I go. I don't even need a key. I don't even need a key Woo! <laughs> Jesus has gone through once and for all the veil with His own blood. That no longer just covers over our sin and kind of appeases the wrath of God, but actually removes it, cleanses it, allows the Father to look at you, every one of you, listen to me right now, God is able to look at you through the blood of Jesus and be perfect, 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 A plus, 100%, righteous, holy, acceptable, loved, welcomed into my presence, welcome into the holy of holies through the blood of my son. That's what God has done in the new covenant. I love the new covenant don't you what about this a better way to approach God boldly trusting with confidence whoo somebody maybe needs to read chapter 9 and chapter 10 learn man how God wants you how he's inviting you to approach his covenant his presence because of Jesus because of the new covenant what about this some of us are saying I need a new gauge for reality I'm so confused I'm so spun around in in this world right now I don't know what weighs up I don't know how to even judge what's real God said maybe read chapter 11 because it talks all about faith. And men and women who, who establishes their gauge for reality, what God says. And saying, God, whatever you say, that's my reality. I'm going to live not by sight, but I'm going to walk by faith. And I'm telling you what, maybe that's a secret to freedom. Man, go back and read chapter 11. Preach yourself a sermon from the new covenant. It'll bless you. What about this? A new kingdom. Maybe some of you will say, man, in this world, this country you live in right now, things are so crazy. It's like, wow, I just I don't even know what it what it meant to be an American. I'm confused, this and that. Well, guess what? God's saying, what about my kingdom? Yeah. Maybe you go to chapter 12. Let me speak to you about an unshakable kingdom. That even when everything is shaking and rattling, I'm establishing an unshakable kingdom that will endure for eternity. And guess what? Lucky you, you're a son or a daughter, you're a citizen of my kingdom. Yeah. Start walking in the joy, start walking in the confidence of being my citizen in my kingdom. What about this? Maybe some of you are just longing for home, you know? Maybe you're just, maybe you've lost someone that's gone on ahead. Maybe just it's a tough season and you're like, I just need to know, God, you know? Like, is this all there is? Please, please tell me no. Please tell me this world is not all there is. And God is saying, it isn't. Come to chapter 13 and talk about your new home. Talk about the place that I'm preparing for you. Talk about what I'm dreaming of, what Jesus is like. Yes, Father, already? Not right yet? Okay. I'll keep working. What about now? No, not yet? Okay. <laughs> when the Father says, now's the time. Yeah. Go, son. Get your bride. Get your people. He's going to come for us. Man, encourage yourself in the Lord. So, I think we would all agree that the beauty of what Jesus and what the Father have done for us in the new covenant, would you agree? It's, 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 beyond, it's, it's, it's better. It's not butter. It's better than butter. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> It's so good. And I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, my, my, my prayer is that even as we just quickly kind of shotgun through some of those things, maybe there was one of them that hit you. And the Holy Spirit just tapped you like, hey, I'm coming after you with that one. I want you to really get that how much I love you in that way. Hey, maybe you need to know how much, you know, you're cleansed. Or maybe you need to know how much rest I want you to have. Whatever that is, don't, don't neglect that. Just say yes to the Lord. Make a note of that. Go back after and read. Or maybe read the whole book. Whatever you a terrible thing either, but, but I want to take a turn here for a second and talk about another side of the covenant, of the beautiful, beautiful covenant of grace that God has established in Jesus. You know, if, the, if all the things that he does for us that he wants to open our eyes to is like a bill of rights, as I mentioned earlier, it's more blessing than we ever thought possible. I believe that in his covenant, we also find a love letter that's an invitation to more intimacy and surrender than we thought possible. It's both more blessing than we ever thought possible and also an invitation to more intimacy and surrender than we ever thought possible. You know, it's a game changer, not just in what he does for us, but it's a game changer, this new covenant, in the things that he does in us and through us. And I wanna take a moment and look at those together. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says these words. Just going to look at three different little sections of Scripture very quickly. But this one says this, "For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Next slide, please. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. You know, one of the beautiful things about God's covenant is that it includes new technology. We talk about that sword of the spirit. How many of you guys love the sword of the spirit? Woo, come on. You know, what do we think of normally when we think of the sword of the spirit? Bobby, you want to come up here for a second? What do you guys think about? Anybody? What do you think about when you think of the sword? Yes, Woo, come on, a supernatural piercing into each of us. I love that. Thank you so much, Bobby. Give it up for our assistant, our lovely assistant, Bobby. This is maybe an example of a sword, right? And I'm going to come back to you today because she's, she's the A student sitting in the front row right here. She's already on my next point. Sword of the Spirit, right? How many of you guys are thankful that God has given us weapons in his word? How many of you guys are thankful that God doesn't send us into battle against the enemy without weapons? And that the sword of the Spirit... We can memorize the word of God. We can hide it in our heart. Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. All of a sudden, the more we learn to wield God's sword and God's word, the more victorious we can be against the enemy. The more we can break chains of oppression, the more we can break the lies of the enemy, the more we can set the captives free. How many of you guys are thankful for the sword of God? Man, I know I am. But here's the thing. When I read that passage, absolutely I believe it refers to a sword of the Lord that is against our enemies. But when we read that, it says it cuts between the soul and the spirit, between the bones and the marrow, between the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Would you, who is that talking about? Do you think that's talking about our enemy? Y'all are smart. What if it's talking about us? Hmm. So what if the sword, instead of looking like this sometimes, what if it looks like this? Do you guys see what this is? Anybody know what this is? I know Ryan knows what it is. He's in the medical profession. This is a scalpel. This is a real one, by the way. So, I hope I don't get too crazy with my illustrations. because <laughs> I had feedback last night. Somebody's like, I love the message. But really what I would change is you running around with a scalpel. <laughs> I thought you were going to chop your own finger off or But here's the thing, guys. What about when God's sword looks more like this than like that? What if it's not directed at my enemy where I'm like, yeah, God, crush him, you know? you know? But what if God's like, hey, DJ, come here, let's talk. I'm like, let's not talk. I'm good, there's the bad guys over there, go after them. I believe that God has given us in his new covenant His word, and it cuts between the me and the he. And, wow, that's, um, it's part of the new covenant. It's not always as fun, but I believe that this part of the covenant, along with the two things that we're going to talk about in the next couple of minutes, really opened doors for us to climb the mountain with God. I believe that the enemy has worked doubly hard. I mean, he wants us, in his ideal world, we don't know any of those things that we just talked about, right? He's like, no, 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 that's real, no, that's true. But even if he can get us all the way through 12, he's like, oh, I lost all that ground. If he can keep us from getting these next three things that we're going to talk about, then he has a chance at at least keeping us at a lower level of intimacy with Jesus, yeah. at a lower level of friendship with God. Not saying we're not going to heaven, not saying that's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about how he tries to hinder us in our world. And so when the word of the Lord comes to cut between thoughts and intentions of the heart, between the soul and the spirit, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of times, we've been talking about this as a staff, we all have pieces of the puzzle or living stones of God's temple that he's building. Mm -hmm. And we all have those pieces that he's been crafting and molding inside of us. But what happens is the natural part of us adds to them my own opinions, my own negative experiences, my hurts from the past, my thoughts... My, You know, all of the me, my, me, my, me, my. And I'm talking to myself here, guys. And so what happens is God is like, hey, good news. I want to use that living stone that I've placed inside of you. But it's going to take a little bit of cutting out what is of DJ so that what is of me can actually be used and fit in with the other pieces and build my tabernacle and build my temple. And so the question becomes... Uh, it's fine, Lord. I'll wait to see what the next building that we're working on looks like. (laughs) Because when God starts carving away, it's not always fun. And what about this? What about when the instrument that God wants to use to refine, to cut away the me from the he, is the very same thing that the enemy has used against me in the past? But God, the last time I was... In this kind of conversation in my marriage, it went this way. But God, the last time a preacher talked about this, it went that way. But God, the last time my kid, whatever, they went that way. Do we is it is it natural to be afraid a little bit? When Jesus, we see him, and we're like, I never thought I'd see you with a scalpel in your hand, Jesus. That doesn't look like the things I saw in the flannel graph in Sunday school. I don't think I ever saw one of these. That would be an interesting, (laughs) bad idea. But in real life, is it true that Jesus sometimes uses the word of the Lord to cut in us? And I think that we have a choice when we see Jesus saying, hey, can I cut something in you? And the enemies use that very same thing to cut us and to demoralize, Mm -hmm. to shame us, Mm -hmm. to condemn us, to hold us back. And we see now Jesus holding that same instrument. And it can just be a moment, right, of, I don't know. Have you ever told God, I don't know if I'm ready yet? Is that okay to say in church? I know I have. Uh, I'm not ready yet, Jesus. And guess what? God loves you. And God loves me when I say I'm not ready. Can you come back in a few days? Okay. I'll come back and I'll knock. You know what? In Revelation 3 where he says, I stand at the door and knock, that wasn't written to the unbelievers. Those are all letters written to the church. I'm standing at the door knocking. Are you ready now? I love you. Yes, it's going to be painful. Hurt is not the same as harm. The enemy meant it to harm you. I might hurt you at times or this process might hurt you. But it's for greater intimacy. It's for greater refinement. It's for greater growth. It's for greater relationship, greater passion, greater love. You know, the difference between circumcision and castration. Is just a few inches. Do we have those visual li- No. Just. <laughs> Rob's got a poster in the back. <laughs> Sorry, that's wrong. That's so wrong. The point being this, I, I realize I'm taking a risk at mentioning that, but for me, it was insightful when when I read that wherever that was, right? The the, the thing intended to shame us, to cut off our fruitfulness, to eliminate and stop our legacy to future generations, to stop you from your destiny, is literally that close to God's purpose to refine, to purify, to cleanse, and to lead to more fruitfulness. The question is, when I see Jesus coming, am I able to trust? Am I able to say, hear my Lord, be it done unto me according to... Your word and your will. What about this one? God gives us in the new covenant a better mindset of victory. A better mindset of victory over sin. If you can pull up chapter 10, verses 26 and 27, and it says this. Okay, so this is probably not on the top 10 list of scriptures being used this weekend across America. I'm guessing. Maybe it is, but you you decide. But... Dear friends, so far so good, right? Everybody agreed? So far, it's going well. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Next slide, please. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Woo, glory, aren't you glad you came to the house of the Lord today? (laughs) Ushers, please lock the doors. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. We read a a verse like that, and we're like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, it started really well, dear friends, but then it was just like, (laughs) if we deliberately keep on sitting after the knowledge of the truth, okay, there's raging fire, and God's angry, and okay, ah. And if you're like me, the enemy's right there. See? God does not really want to save you. He doesn't really want to be friends with you. He just can't wait to judge you and to stomp on you and to throw you into the fire. I mean, could you see how we could read something like that and kind of go like, huh. okay, right? But here's the thing. I think that even things like that, in some way, I wonder if those passages that are difficult in Scripture somehow reveal The filter through which I'm viewing God I don't know could it could it be that that sometimes God has placed in Scripture different little things that are little litmus tests little little ways that actually reveal more about me than about God does that make sense it actually tells more about the reader than the words written because here's what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you today is that when you go back to if you can pull up that first verse And when I talk about our mindset towards sin, it says, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning, missing the mark is sinning, after we have what? Received knowledge of the truth. Hmm. God is saying, I am pouring into you knowledge of my truth. I am giving you everything you need to be victorious over sin. I'm guessing that our founding fathers in 1776, once they had the weaponry, once they had won the war, if they were like, hey, I have a proposition, you can go back to being servants of the king of England, what do you say? They'd be like, uh, no, I don't think so, talk to the hint. right, I mean, they'd be like, I am not going to bow down to that authority, that is a foreign authority now, we have established that there is a new authority We are free, the land of the free, the home of the brave. We bow our knee to no one. There's something that rises up of freedom, of sovereignty, right? I believe that God is saying, guys, once you've experienced the knowledge of my truth, you're not going to want to go into sin. You're not going to want to bow your knee to some foreign entity. What about this? Let's go back a few verses, chapter 19 through 25. And uh, we're going to have just a quick little interactive portion for those of you that might be new with us. Once in a while, we like to just—we're family. I mean, this is it. Look around. This is it. This is us. Somebody should start a TV show. Um, but the point being, man, we believe that the Holy Spirit is in you, that God speaks to you, um, and that God can give you insights into His Word. It's not just through whomever it is speaking up here. And so we're going to read a few verses here, and here's—we're going to provide an opportunity for you guys to to, to have input uh, into this together, and and we love doing that. And um, and so, as we read through these verses, think about what is mentioned in these verses that talks about the knowledge of the truth that we've just read, right? God is saying, man, it's, it, it's not good if you, if you leave all this after you've experienced this incredible treasure of knowledge, of truth, and experience with me that I have for you. Let's read through these, and, uh, and I'm going to ask for you to just shout out uh, whatever stands out to you. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus, by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, Fully trusting him for our guilty consciences, listen to this, have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the what? The hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do but let us encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near this is the portion right right above the verses that we just read that were you know what did you hear in there what is part of God's knowledge of the truth that he's opening up to us in his covenant by his grace promise God can be counted to keep his promises absolutely right somebody else enter his presence boldly. What a difference that makes. Right? What a game changer that is in the covenant. We don't have to hide, sneak around. We're invited to in his presence to come in boldly. Somebody else? The purification of his blood. Yes. Woo, come on. The purification of his blood is so complete. And We talked about it earlier, but just knowing that truth that there is nothing that can keep us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 ta- talks all about that. So good, somebody else? We train our house church leaders to be comfortable with the silence, not to fill in our, not to answer our own questions. So I am the trainer. I can outlast you. Anybody else? I just don't wanna hurry because this is again, we, we, we value what your insights and what God's little seeds and nuggets that he puts in your heart. I think that encouraging one another, remind, like we all need to be reminded that we're clean now mm-hmm. or that wow. we don't have to have that sit in that guilty conscience mm-hmm. anymore. Like mm-hmm. all of these wonderful things that we're seeing in the new covenant, we we need to remind each other of that. So yeah. good, that's so good. good. That's, that's part of the value of assembling together, isn't it? is that, man, I might have a great week where I'm like, woohoo, walking in victory in Jesus, you know. But then maybe the person next to me is like going through the toughest valley in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe God had a purpose for us to encourage one another, remind exactly, Kimmy, what you're saying. Man, that impact that we have on each other, you know, we can't, we don't script those kind of things, right? Like, you know, it's like, well, I feel pretty good. I don't, I don't want to assemble this weekend. I don't need it. Well, maybe that might be in some way true, but I don't know what God has planned for me. And last night, after the message, my sister Amy just made a comment that encouraged me so deeply and rocked my world. If she had decided not to come, or I, you know, if I had pre-recorded the message, okay, that's a little bit harder to Okay, the point being, we don't know what God has for us, how he's going to encourage us, how he's going to remind us of the cleansing, of the confidence of approaching boldly. So, wow, so many good things that God is saying. Guys, don't get stuck on what happens if. See my grace for you, God's riches at Christ's expense. See everything, the game-changing favor that is in the new covenant for you. What about this? What about in chapter 12? I believe that we see something that sometimes we also trip on. And that is, God tells us, let us... Keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the shame, or endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Here's what I believe that God wants us to understand, is that in the new covenant, he's also given us a better coach and a better example and better discipline. Pastor Peter, where we Perfect timing, Pastor Peter. He just walked in the door. We have an awesome youth pastor, Pastor Peter. We love you, man. You're awesome. We've been having this conversation because God has been putting in his heart, totally separately of any communication, to speak with the youth about God's discipline and how God's discipline in the new covenant is totally better and totally different. There's a game changing factor that came in with the new covenant when it comes to God's discipline. Would you agree that? our old way of thinking regarding discipline was pow, 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 pow. right? Right? Smash, smash, smash. Mm -hmm. Anger, punishment, shame, condemnation, guilt, whatever, right? Just just taking away dignity piece by piece. And man, if you've experienced that, I am so sorry. That was never God's heart for you. From parents, from employers, from spouses, from siblings, from church, from pastors, from whomever in your life, know this, if you've experienced a a smashing down of your value, that was not from your father in heaven. That is not the way he looks at you, that is not the way he talks to you, that's not the way he treats you. So what do we do with this? In chapter 12, it talks about his kind of discipline. And I believe that as we look at this, he goes on to say in that passage that our father disciplines us because he accepts us as his sons and daughters. It's not because we're not yet and he's trying to beat us into being sons and daughters. It's that actually, he says he, the father disciplines those he loves and those he accepts as sons and daughters. If not, we would be illegitimate children. And I want us to think about it this way. Maybe this would help. What if a high school quarterback won a competition and got an all-access pass to go uh, onto the field with uh, an incredible NFL quarterback. I mean, say um, Tom Brady. I mean, just... Say uh, Patrick Mahomes. No booze for Patrick? Did we're all good with Patrick? Okay, Patrick Mahomes. All right. I was going to go to Peyton Manning, but we're sticking with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Younger, hipper, whatever. Okay. Just say it. So Patrick Mahomes, right? So the, all of a sudden, this high school... Get something like this, but it's not quite as flimsy, you know. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like the Super Bowl, (laughs) you know, really firm, cool, like $800 lanyard because you paid like $5,000 for the ticket, you know. (laughs) But they get an all-access pass to the field that changes everything. Because while others are being kept back off the field, this particular young man or young woman has this hanging on their neck and people move out of the way and the security people make room for them to go on the field with Patrick Mahomes and share some throws and how do you think that young quarterback would view that experience inspiring life-changing what else transformational do you think that that person would be like I can't believe Patrick Mahomes told me I should grab the football slightly differently and the stitching you know I think they'd be like, heck yeah. Can we say heck from the bullpen? Okay. (laughs) Heck yeah. He's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, correct me. Yes, train me. Yes, discipline me. It's not a sign of that I don't matter or that I don't have value. This little guy right here says I've got an all-access pass to the best coaching, the best discipline, the best teaching, the best training available to me. What no one else, you can teach something to a stadium full of people. But if you really want to rebuke and correct and train someone, it requires one-on-one attention, doesn't it? Taylor, nobody else can rebuke and correct and train Ezekiel like you can. Because you're watching him. You're seeing where he's getting it right on the money and maybe where he's going off and you're like able to, it's that individual love of a father or a mother that God is saying, that's how I see you. When you read about my correction, when you read about my discipline, when you read about my training, know that it's because I love you. And I'm giving you not just the general teaching, but I'm giving you the one-on-one attention because I believe there's a champion in there. I believe there's a champion quarterback. He already sees through the filter of where we are today. He already sees to where we're going to be, where he's going to take us. And he's like, ooh, I see champion blood in there. I see NFL MVP. Ooh. I see some touchdown, 50 touchdown passes in one year. Mm, Come on, I did my research on Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) God is saying, I see what's in you, and that's why. Even when it hurts, remember that. My discipline is only because of what I see in you. It's because of the identity that I actually see. It's not because of what I don't see. May we say yes to the Lord. Good news, it is his grace, his power. You know, if it were a countdown on... Wow, I can't even say the late night shows that we used to watch because they're so outdated anymore. They'll know how old I am. I don't even know who the late night people are nowadays. But if it were a countdown, like and now the number one reason the new covenant is a game changer above all other covenants, I would say this, because it goes all the way. We've spent time looking at the beauty of how God's grace reveals itself to us and for us we spent some time also looking at maybe that less famous, less popular aspect of the new covenant of how God's discipline, circumcision, power over sin, transformational. You said it, Willie. How that also is a beautiful gift because guess what? It's all from him. The word of God says, from from him and through him and unto him are all things. I want to close by telling you a story. Years ago, probably 25 years ago. We used to live in other places, not Colorado, not the promised land. And these places were cold, were humid. They had terrible winters where the snow would come down. It would sort of halfway melt, but then turn to ice, and then the dirt and magnesium chloride and whatever, and then more snow, And you know what I'm talking about, and then the brown slush and the tires and just all that stuff, it would be a mess. So we'd get to come home to Colorado where my in-laws lived in Highlands Ranch. And I loved it. It was like, wow, you know, you could be, there was a little my favorite muffin and bagel place at Yosemite and Dry Creek. And you would look on Dry Creek, you guys don't want to, you know, and the snow-capped mountains and the blue sky, like it could be the middle of December, and it would be like 48, 52 degrees, sun coming down. I was like, where is this place, Lord? Have I died and gone ahead? So we'd come back. It was so fun. But we would have Christmases with my in-laws, with my wife's parents. And here's the cool thing. They, you know, we were getting started. We were serving at different churches and had a bunch of kids and, and had just, you know, chosen to go to some places where the remuneration wasn't uh, very high. And so we would come back. And my in-laws, my dad, my father-in-law was in banking and, you know, whatever had a different situation so they were able to have some really fun celebrations and gifts and giving and great food and great celebration and so he would invite us to come home man they would take care of us they would give us you know a wonderful room to stay in man if we wanted to go skiing they might even buy us a a, a lift ticket i mean they just wanted to bless us in every way man if we mentioned oh it'd be great to have some cinnamon rolls boom next morning open the pantry there's some you know just just blessed us but here's the thing that made it even above and beyond is that getting ready for the Christmas Eve celebration that they would have, my father-in-law would say, DJ, come here. And he would, a few days before, stretch out his hand and give me something. I would open it. It might be two or $300. And he'd say, hey, this is so you can buy your wife something. This is so you can buy your children something. And wrap it up, and it's from you so that you can also give and not just be on the receiving end, but you can be a part of the celebration. You can join me in the joy of giving so that all of us together can have a great Christmas Eve together. And that was so powerful, and I believe that that reflects God's heart for us in his new covenant. Because again, from him, through him, and unto him are all things. So that the things that he does so graciously for us mix with the things that he does so graciously in us And through us, so that we can give ourselves back to him and surrender in intimacy and in love. And the question is just, are we able to say, yes, Lord? Yes, Jesus, what's an area, God, that you're wanting me to understand of something you're giving to me or something you're doing for me? But also, Lord, open my eyes, man, if there's an area where my heart has grown hard where it's something you're wanting to do in me, or through me, something that requires some cutting, some of your word purifying, getting between the spirit and the soul, my thoughts, my intentions. God, something where you're wanting me to be coached by you and receive your discipline in a new way, knowing it only speaks of what you see in me, my identity, the potential you see, the pride you feel. God, I pray that you would help us to have hearts that say yes to you. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you move right now in this place and those watching online? Would you sweetly whisper your, let everything that is not for us fall by the wayside. Let your word for us today, even if it's one tiny little part of us, let your word reach our heart. Let us respond to you and say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I wanna leave you with a benediction and it's from the very end of the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, and it simply says these words. In fact, you wanna stand to your feet. It says these words, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. It's all from him. It's all through him. It's all into him. Receive his grace today. Celebrate his grace. Hey, one last thing before I dismiss you. I didn't have a chance to mention it, but... I picked up a book uh, about a week ago, and it's, oh, and you've got a to word too, awesome. Is it, should I do this? First? Okay. Um, whenever I see pink books lying around the house that say, uh, including a devotional for women, I always read them. <laughs> I do but actually I happen to pick up this. This is a book given to my wife years and years and years ago. It was sitting in our basement in a dusty box. We gave away a bunch of books. Listed them for free on Facebook Marketplace. Happened to notice this. I was like, ah, maybe we should put that aside. Whatever. Read it. And I'm telling you what. It's, it's an allegory. Some of you have read it. It's called Heinz Feet for High Places. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Lord. Glory to Jesus. If any of you are saying, Lord, I love these valleys. I love your goodness to me. But man, I want to go higher. Jesus, I want to know you more. Shepherd, I want to follow you. I want you to change where I'm able to actually go and what rocks I'm able to climb so that I can really go to the places that only come with deep, deep surrender, with deep cutting, with deep transformation. I'm telling you what, then we realize this destroys every lie of the enemy that says God's discipline is against me. This just, it will dis, I don't know, maybe I don't know, I can't speak what it'll do for you. For me, I'll just tell you this, it disarmed me and it just made me go, oh, okay, yes, Lord, more. So if you're looking for a book to read, this one, even the women's devotionals are actually pretty good. I've read some of them. So hey, you know, (laughs) it's a bonus. God bless you.